So we had some school retreats over the last two days up in uh, Weed Mead, West Mead border and we got to stay with a wonderful family and in this wonderful family there are some wonderful children and in this wonderful family with the wonderful children uh, there are some wonderful card games, uh, one of which is Animal Snap. Now when we were playing Animal Snap um, one of the boys was convinced that the way you do it is every time you put down a card you say snap and then eventually you'll be right. So invariably he won quite a lot because he just go kind of snap, snap, okay, snap, okay, snap, okay, snap, I won, uh, okay, you won, just got, <laughs> just got beaten by a six-year-old, <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> it reminded me of living in Italy where I remember on one occasion uh, I was driving down a one-way street and a car came against me on a one-way street and the guy, the driver of the car coming against me the wrong way down, he was going the wrong way down a one-way street, gets out of the car, looks at me and goes, oh, <laughs> That, that's the Italian way of saying, what are you, what are you doing in my way? You know, he's like, and I'm like, you are clearly in the wrong here. And he's like, you know, all kind of attitude and kind of, <laughs> so I mean, like, you're in my way. <clears throat> okay, so it just, it just reminds me of this kind of one fundamental thing. Also in the church, which we shouldn't misunderstand, is that like, at times you see the rules of a thing actually make a thing possible. The rules of a game make a game possible. The rules of driving make, a, make, make driving possible. If, if, if there were no rules, if I... Today I'll drive on the right-hand side. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. You know, like, the, the, the rules are there, like, to make a, a, a thing possible. They're to make it safe. They're to make it actually enjoyable. Uh, without these things, uh, without, these, without these rules, like, game, games aren't possible. You sometimes see it on football pitch where the, a ball is just there that I'd say let's play a game and it's kind of rugby football survival of the fittest Darwinism <laughs> like it just turns into chaos right and then you see a lot of people on the side with bruises and all the kind of smaller lads just kind of get off the pitch because they're going to get creamed and okay you get the point the point is that the rules that God gives us <clears throat> they're to make Christian life possible because without it, without it, without it there, isn't, there isn't what's right and what's wrong. What does God want and what doesn't he want? In this, this reading, is, uh, it, there's a bit of background to it. And if you don't get the background, you won't get what the reading is about at all. So we've been reading from Samuel and now Kings uh, for the last couple of weeks, right? So David, Saul became the first king, made a hash of it. David became king made a half a hash of it, kind of came up good in the end, kind of made him, you get, you got the story, I mean, kills Goliath, all good, but then sleeps with Bathsheba and so on and so forth, kills Uriah, <coughs> not good, has Solomon as a son, Solomon starts off great, wants to be wonderfully wise and all that, great, starts wonderfully, and then starts to marry all sorts of lady people who brought in their various gods, which even having married foreigners wouldn't have been the end of the world, but to allow them then to, to build their statues and their idols in the temple, and then he himself to fall into idolatry and, and make sacrifices towards those idols, that's just that's breaking the first and probably most blatantly obvious commandment to put God in the first place. I mean, do you know, you have no other gods besides me. And yeah, Solomon, with all his wisdom, fell, fell into that, fell just com com completely... Uh, in, into, the, into, into idolatry, you know, tragic. Okay, so 
Then his son, Rehoboam, is an awful person who says, you think, you're, you think my father oppressed you? My father's loins are as big as my little finger. If he loaded you with 100 kilos, I will load you with tons. If he took this much money off you, I'll take far more. So basically, then the people start to rebel and say, we don't want Rehoboam as our king anymore. Like, he, he, was, he was horrific, horrendous. <clears throat> so Jeroboam, up in the north, took 10 tribes. And we have 10 tribes up in the north, which are now separated from the two tribes left in Jerusalem in the south. So, but Jeroboam sees that the people still go down to the one and unique and only temple they have in the world, which is in Jerusalem. So the people still went down there for the feast, for the Passovers and the, the various uh, liturgical feasts that they would have. The people would have to travel the whole way down. And then he said, this is what he said. So, this, so now this is, that's the context behind. As things, that's the context behind him saying, as things are, the kingdom will revert to the house of David. If the people continues to go, you always say go up to the temple. It's a long story. Jerusalem was up on a hill. So even if Jerusalem is south of you, you still say go up to Jerusalem. Okay. Um, so the people continue to go up to the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem to offer sacrifices. The people's hearts will turn back to Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will put me to death. Now you get it? That make a lot more sense now? Okay. Now, so in order to stop the people going back to the temple in Jerusalem and offering sacrifices there, and with the possibility then of, of the kingdom being reunited, do you know what we'll do? We'll make two golden calves. Of all things not to make. Like, I mean, of all, like, of all things not to make, surely Exodus would have taught them something. But, okay, two calves. But the interesting thing is, and there's a, little, a very, very important detail here. <clears throat> so, he, he makes these two golden calves and he says to the people, you have been going up to Jerusalem long enough. Here are your gods, Israel. These brought you up out of the land of Egypt. So he's not saying that these are different gods, but these are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. That's a subtle difference. because He's not saying like, you know, forget the, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Forget them and let's have these new gods. But he's saying, these are your gods. What has he just done? He has chosen how he wants to adore God. He has chosen to, to serve God or on his own terms. He has chosen to understand God, not as, as God reveals himself, but as he wants to understand God. That's a re it's a really subtle difference, but it's really, really important because this is, very common today, where people don't say so much, uh, don't believe in God, but they say, make up your terms. Make up your God. Whatever you want to be, if that's, you know, tree-hugging, if that's energy, or if that's um, uh, multiple gods, you know, I mean, whatever, whatever. As long as you have a spirituality, it's fine. This is, this is, abs but this is, it's, it's, this is critically wrong. Critically wrong to invent how God is, who God is, and to invent to worship God, invent how to worship God, or, and worship God on our own terms. This is not what God asks for. Now, also relevant to our own day, and particularly dangerous, <clears throat> Jeroboam did not give up on his wicked ways after this incident, but went on appointing priests for the high places from the common people. No offense to them, but they weren't the, the priestly tribe. Okay. He consecrated as priests of the high places any who wished to be, so anyone, anyone who wished to be a priest could be a priest, okay? He consecrated as priest. Anyone who wished to be such conduct made the house of Jeroboam a sinful house 
and caused its ruin and extinction from the face of the earth. The word of the Lord. <clears throat> As Liam said with a big smile at the end of that one. So, so again, like this, this is something it's subtle, but really, really serious. He appointed priests, those who want to be. Those who want to be. That doesn't actually sound that bad. What's the whole key element missing there? God. When it comes to priesthood, it's a calling. It's God's initiative. He calls, we respond. So it's not that we become priests because we just want to be. Yeah, I think it'd be nice. Get a car, small little house, parish house isn't bad. The housekeeper, Bridie, takes care of the breakfast. How bad? I'll be a priest. Sounds good. You don't have to worry about school runs and bringing four kids to four different sports practices within the same, the same half hour. Be great, be a priest. Fantastic. Like, like, it doesn't work. It, it's a call and comes from God. You respond. So then, like, even like all discussion today, and yes, I'm going to say it, uh, but, but women priests in that. You see, it, it, this, this doesn't work because it's not God's initiative. It isn't God who has called, but it's us who thinks, that'd be good, I suppose. That's a good human solution. We need priests. Men aren't signing up. Bring in the ladies and we're good to go, right? It's like, that's, that's not how God has set things up. And it brought about the ruination of ten tribes of Israel who would never reform. They would never regroup. They would never form a house or a nation again. So we have to be just really, really careful that we don't adore God on our terms, but on his. Like just when we think of how small and insignificant we are before God, who are we to decide or tell God who he is, how he is, or how we should adore him? when he has revealed it to us. He who is infinitely more wise and loving and caring and wants our absolute best, wants our good for all eternity. And we turn around and say, that's not the way I want to adore you, that's not the way I want to serve you, and, and do it on our own terms and get it wrong. Like, it's insanity. It's insanity. So today we're taking a vote of Master Our Lady, Mother of All Consolation. <clears throat> and how much consolation do we need at the moment? With so much confusion out there uh, in the church and in society in general, so much confusion amongst young people as to what actually true joy is. And the experience then of all this is that we try these things and there may be temporary <clears throat> elation and then the slump, then the sadness afterwards. And so in all of this, we just want to go back to Our Lady and rest our head on her knee. We ask her to guide us through these, these dark times, these stormy times. We ask her for a spirit of humility, that as we work in the church, we will do so with a spirit of service, a spirit of, of humility, knowing that, that I'm here to do what God asks, not to tell him what he should and shouldn't do. I'm here to know my faith. I'm here to love the Lord. And I'm here to serve him until one day we meet in heaven.